I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. I'll take him out, son. I mean that. Take him Well, welcome all again. Uh, there were a few times, Andrew, not many, when I was grateful that we were on the radio. Yes. Um, this is an occasion I'm grateful we're simply podcast <laughs> after a fairly fluid and liquid day yesterday. Yes, well, happy birthday, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. That is today, yes. St. George's Day, and patron saint of England. Yeah, we don't make much of a Shakespeare's birth date it is. and death date. Correct. And you, you only go. know that because every year I tell you. Well, I only know that because I know it. It's <laughs> <laughs> the truth of the matter. <laughs> uh, but a little delicate. My name is Richard Keyes. His and my name, name is, is Andrew Gray. And the name of the podcast very simply is Keyes and Gray. Now you've found us. If you're a regular and you're enjoying us, please tell your mates. Mm-hmm. We'd be very grateful for that. You can get in touch with us at uh, Keyes and Gray and A-N-D, Keyes and Gray on Instagram and Twitter. Right. Right. <laughs> is there anywhere else to start? Uh, I know. Huh? <laughs> what kind of week has it been? What's the subject today? <laughs> what are you going to start with? I often uh, ask myself that when you come up here on a Friday, <laughs> and I think, well, I wonder what you've got this week. Oh. Um, yeah, I think it's a fair idea. What we'll, well, I think we've got... Starting phase, with... We've got phase two, haven't we? Yeah. Um, my mind, Andy, has turned... After an awful lot of noise, and I, I understand, I, I, I really do, I get it. Um, but I'm, I'm slightly concerned that the noise has been generated into uh, mob rule. And I, 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 I think we need to address that, and quite quickly. Would you class it as mob rule, would you? Well, Solskjaer, I'm looking, well, I, I suppose the word comes to mind, I've just turned to the mail. Uh-huh. Solskjaer and Matic confront the mob well, uh, who turned up at training yesterday. What, 25 of them? 
Yeah, allowing for a little bit. Uh, of, does it constitute um, a mob? Um, does it? A generous description. Yes. Um, by the newspapers, but yes, I, I mean, seeing red here, back page of the Mirror, uh, United and Arsenal hit by ESL fallout. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I repeat, I understand. I get it. Um, but I, I don't think it's actually very helpful now. And and you, you've just got to think on to a point whereby, if. Manchester United fans, and it won't happen, but were they to force out the Glazers? If mm -hmm. if Stan Kroenke were to be delivered a very strong message by Arsenal uh -huh. fans... And, That's and not going to happen. And, and, and if, if Liverpool's John Henry... Um, That's not going to happen. No, but, but were it, where are the replacements? Yeah, who has a billion pounds for <laughs> each of these teams? Who would want to put that sort of money into a football club without the knowledge of there being a return. Mm -hmm. I mean, these people, I've said it many times, I, the one that always comes to mind, Bob Lord at Burnley, the local butcher. Oh yeah, I remember um, Bob. Well, Louis Edwards at yeah. Manchester United yeah. was in the same trade. These guys can't own football clubs anymore. Mm -hmm. The world's changed. It's a huge commitment. Of course it is. And nobody comes in it not to make money. That that we have to understand. That's, that's the start point. Yeah. And that money generates... Yeah. The multi-millions that go on players mm -hmm. when you purchase them and then what you have to pay them. Mm -hmm. So there isn't a supporter of an English Premier League club wouldn't, wouldn't encourage their owners to go out today if they could and buy a £100 million centre-forward, if you could find him. Yeah. I, 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 the money still has to come in yes, from it does. somewhere, and this is what it I don't does. think is understood clearly. No, the game has, the game has changed, and it probably started when, with us in 1992 when the fabric of the game and, and how it was perceived uh, changed and people started earning money and suddenly a, a TV deal that was worth, what was it, 35 million a year from BBC and ITV, maybe? Oh, not that. Not even that? Not that. Suddenly became worth 350 million mm. a year. Now, even if it was 35, that's a 10 times fold, 10 times uh, more. Now it's probably 10 times again, mm. 20 years later, 3.5 billion. Um, it's huge money. And to buy a club, like when Bob Lott at his club or, or these, these local people, businessmen took the clubs over, they didn't put money into the club. They just ran it. Mm. They ran it. And occasionally, you know, if they had to dip into their pocket to buy a player or fund that, they would get their money back through time if, if they were lucky. But that, that can't happen now. You can't buy a club for a billion pounds and then set out to pay 500 thousand a week, a hundred million for a player and expect just to put your hand in your pocket, throw that money at the club and say, well, I don't mind. If I don't get that back, it doesn't matter. No. That's that's not going to happen. No. And I do think, uh, listen, the one thing that's come out of this, football will move forward. We get, when this dies, when this settles, and I am glad it hasn't happened, certainly in the format it was perceived to, to be happening. I am glad it hasn't happened. And, and I know there are a lot of different reasons for it. And I am glad football reared up. And, and, and everyone sort of came together. But but don't be mistaken, I don't think, that this has gone away for good. It hasn't. No. It hasn't. You only have to listen to the noises from Barcelona and Real Madrid since. They're not giving up on this. Well, it's, it's, it's something we've discussed on Being Sports, yeah. and, and this is our first opportunity uh, for, for, for others who care to listen. Mm -hmm. um, the statement that Nasser Al-Khalifi, yes. the president of Paris Saint-Germain, our governor of yep. being sports, the chairman yep. put out, made reference to that. He, he, he was very strong. I don't want to be part of it. I don't want to be part of any change unless it's through UEFA. Correct. But 
there requires to be change. change. Now, he's subsequently, in, in the week that we've uh, uh, watched this extraordinary <laughs> development come and go, been appointed as the chairman of the European Clubs Association. Mm -hmm. Now, I think the next six months are absolutely critical for the future of football because, let me ask you this, in what other industry could the hundreds of millions that already are generated be pissed away in the manner that it mm -hmm. is? Mm -hmm. Arsene Wenger, in, in the time you were away, Andy, was, was here with us yeah. and said... the. I, I, I put it to him, has the bubble burst? Because you know I'm, I'm, I'm of that opinion it has. Yeah, me too. The bubble me has too. burst. And Wenger said, yes. And I, so what's the answer, Arsene? He said, well, what, what, what has to happen now is that players have to understand there isn't the money anymore. I agree with you. And so therefore, we can't pay them I agree with anymore. You. Now, NASA, I, I think, has to get people together and, and come up with a strategy which immediately, if you, if you got Europe's top clubs around a table, everybody would walk away from and, and, and try and find a way to get around it. If, if for instance, you said, okay, we'll have a, we'll have a pay cap. Yeah. First thing, the first thing, the first man out the door would do is try and find a way around it. Yeah, yeah, of course it would. But, but 272 million out, just out of the door on agents' fees mm -hmm. from the Premier League mm -hmm. last year. Yeah. This is madness. 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 So that's for me where the immediate change has to come. And if 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 we all believe that that we're in this for the betterment now of the game, then we have to find a strategy and stick to it. Yes. The problem is, the problem is, I mean, look at this one. Chefferin, Agnelli is a snake, says his daughter's <laughs> UEFA godfather. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he said, you know, in, in, in this article here, look, you know, we've, we've all moved on, you know, we have to, this isn't personal, except with Agnelli. It is with him. Yeah. Because he just lied. And this is the problem, that mm. the agreement you can make yes. has to stick. But you think about an agreement, Kesey, what the big boys don't like about an agreement, is they like having the power. They like to be able to go and say, uh, they don't want a, a salary cap. They don't want a transfer cap no. because it, it then takes away their power over the others. I agree. That's what I'm saying. That they, they, th and I'm talking about the big boys. Yeah. Th listen, Project Big Picture, we talked about. Yeah, yeah. And I said to you at the time, there are many things in it I thought that were, were really good. Mm -hmm. good you know, FA Cup replays yeah. that we didn't need. Carabao yeah. Cup ties yeah. for the big boys. We don't want that. Uh, straight to penalties, 90 minutes in cup matches. Two up, two down. Fine. Uh, yeah. Oh no! You, you're killing the dreams of the clubs in in the lower leagues if you shut the door on the Premier League. That's happened. Yes. Yeah, look who's shut. coming the door's back. Not shut. But look who's coming back. Yeah. Look who's coming back. Look who's one and two. That's already happened through a natural process. Mm -hmm. But what 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 we we were too quick. The game was too quick. In English newspaper writers, influential individuals, were too quick to say no. Throw it out. What big picture? Yeah. Yeah. And then of course. The big guys sat down and said, okay, well, if that's not happening, let's find another way to mm -hmm. generate some money. Mm -hmm. And they will, as you rightly said, they will again. They will again. But now is a critical time to stop the bleed. Yes. Stop the money going to people that shouldn't have it. Your agents you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. You see, what I don't get as well, that people go over about the, the necessity of agents. I don't see the necessity for an agent. I mean, I, I am I right in thinking that I, I heard or I read that somebody as famous and as popular uh, 
as Kevin De Bruyne. Correct, yes. Conducted his own he did. Uh, negotiation with Manchester City. With a City. group of lawyers and friends and yeah. advisors. Yes. Yeah, but not paying, a, uh, not paying an agent 20 million. Is there anybody at Manchester United that, or Manchester City or Liverpool or Chelsea wouldn't have <laughs> walked to yes. those clubs yes. to sign for them? Yeah, it's ridiculous. If somebody says to Jack Grealish, here's one who's playing at Aston Villa, somebody comes from Manchester City next week, calls Jack, says, calls Villa and says, listen, we want to pay you 100 million for Jack Grealish, right? That's the clubs talking to each other, saying, chairman to chairman, owner to owner, we're prepared to pay you 100 million for Jack Grealish, Aston Villa. What do you think? Let's get back to you half an hour later. Yes, we think that's a fair offer for Jack. You're allowed to talk to him. I'm not. I'm not sure half an hour would lapse. No, I know I it wouldn't. But you know is, what I mean. What I'm saying is, how much you could? Yes, uh, yes. You have a you have our permission to talk to Jack Grealish. Yes. They pick up the phone and they say, Jack, we've had a, an offer accepted on you. Our Villa phone and say we've had an offer accepted. You've got permission, our permission to talk to Manchester City. Mm. What then is wrong with Jack Grealish meeting Manchester City with a lawyer, whoever, to make sure everything's all right? Right, but not an agent saying, not phone up, say, right, my agent, um, Jack here. Listen, we're well, a great job. On you go, get up to Manchester City, do my deal. Mm. And how much are you wanting? 10 million? Done. Well done. Get on. And he goes and says to them, that 100 million is now 110 because I want 10 million for my partner. What part? You're just sitting in a room and saying, yes, David, we're going to say. <laughs> well, the agent is Jonathan Barter, who, of course, took Gareth Bale to Real Madrid and uh, subsequently to Tottenham on loan this season. Right. So he, he knows his way he around, a big deal. Of course he, he, he certainly does. But one thing I think it's really important to stress is that the noise, I think, probably was helpful. Mm -hmm. But actually, it didn't stop anything. Let's not get carried away and believe that that was the case. The one thing that stopped this happening was that the, the aforementioned NASA, uh -huh. Paris and Munich said no. You think that still? You think that, if that they was... had said yes, this would have happened. Make absolutely no mistake about that. Wow. So it was it was quite literally NASA, the man from the small state of Qatar, yeah. who, who, as we know, have, have been in everybody's sights mm -hmm. since the award of the World Cup, yeah. who said, no, football can do better than this. And he was unshakable. Yeah. He would not join the breakaway. Yeah. Andy, had he done so, honestly, those two clubs were enough to make this work. And, and the European Super League would have been formed. The noise counted for nothing in that respect, would have counted for nothing. Well, that would have been the five big leagues represented yes. in Europe for that Super League. Yes. The five biggest leagues. Championship, may I argue, but so the five biggest as, leagues. As, as unpopular as it is to give Qatar any credit at any time for anything, um, I, I, I think those that have criticised hugely mm. this uh, nation-state should should think again and 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 thank Nasser. Well, thank goodness, but, thank goodness, a couple of big clubs did stand yeah. up and say no. His problem now is to bring everybody back together, like I said, around a table and find a strategy for football that means that the the money that's currently being generated, never mind how much more might, mm -hmm. the money that's currently being generated is used better. Yeah, and that yeah. that would make a big, if a big bank, change. If a bank was bleeding money like the Premier League bleeds money. Mm. There would be 3,000 redundancies. <laughs> Staff would be trimmed. Um, so wages would be I capped. Think, I, think, I think any Everything, other business, any, Andy, would shut. You, you, would, can't, you, know, you can't so, lose money at this but rate. But do you think... Right. You, we've, been, we've watched this Premier League grow for the last 20-plus years to where it is now. 
Do you honestly believe if somebody walked into a top player, and this is the part of the problem, I think, somebody walked into, say, let's, who's, who's nego- let's say Paul Pogba, who's negotiating, I think, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And he goes into United, and United come to him and say, Paul, you know, football's got to get its house in order, uh, or otherwise it's just going to bankrupt itself, which probably is, close to. Um, so in that case, we're starting now, and here's the first contract we've dealt with. It might not be great, but uh, we can't pay you uh, 500000 a week. I, I, I'm going to say these figures, and, and it's just even that is going to it's sound absolutely ridiculous. It's money that, that people we don't can, earn in a lifetime. We can only pay you, only. We're only going to pay you 250. It's going to be our maximum wage for anybody. 250. That's a million a month. Have I just said that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, can, some, how can anyone live in a million a month? Some are That's talking ridiculous. about, and I did last week, a million pound a week football. Yeah. And that may happen. So, what but, would but, that, so, but if Paul probably gets that message from United, and everyone, and if all the clubs are not. And, and tandem with it, and all the clubs are not haven't bought into it. He's just going to go. Ah, really? Okay. Uh, agent, call Real Madrid. Call well, Barcelona. This is call why Italy. I say that we need to have an agreement that sticks between these clubs. Otherwise, the reckless numbers that you're talking about will continue to rise, and 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 football I, will end up as long as people keep being prepared to pay it easy. The people that own these clubs are not stupid. They haven't earned all their money by being idiots. No, you know they, they've earned it because they're clever, really clever, and they're really clever with money. And yet somehow when they earn a, when they go to a football club, all that seems to go out a window. It's just ridiculous. Well, that was that doesn't apply anymore. But many years ago, I remember the the, the the question that was asked many times: How do you make a small fortune out of football? Start with a big, big one. one. Yeah. <laughs> well, these days that doesn't apply, but it's going to again if they're not yeah. careful because it's unsustainable and they've realised it's unsustainable, which is why they're looking around for other revenue streams now and are absolutely desperate in some cases. Well, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Real Madrid, yeah. yeah. Desperate is the mm. word that comes, and it's right. I, I mean, these, they, they can't go forward. No. In, no. in these circumstances. Well, they're, they're two are different, aren't they? When you look at them, they're, they're different. They're made up differently from the, the Premier League clubs and who have the backing of huge, rich well, individuals. That's what they're saying, isn't it? The German well, model's perhaps the one to chase where an owner can only have 49% of the shares and the rest are spread around amongst the supporters. Um, listen, I, 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 great message received, I think. Um, but but that you, you, you can't now be confronting your own players and your own club. No. Sports, sports people, Guardiola, Klopp, there were, there were a few that came out. Milner um, understood mm-hmm. that, that, that the integrity of competition is paramount. Paramount. Uh, it, it was not them. So, so there's no point confronting them at training grounds see, or wherever else you feel no, you you're, might. You're right. You're right. Enough. Should, Stop. Should be, the, the, the fans should understand, yes, if they're unhappy with their owners, fine. Voice your opinions on your owners, that's great. But your, your, your coaches, your managers, your players, the staff at the football clubs are absolutely uh, innocent and, and, and are not guilty of any wrongdoings of any description. No underhand stuff has been done by any of them, as far as I can see. No. And, you know, what annoys me, not annoys me, what worries me is talk of sanctions on the big six. Now, when you sanction the big six, if you, the way I'm here listening today, points deductions, let's do oh, this. It's nonsense. It's absolutely, it's, it's you absolute cannot, nonsense. You cannot do that. That, doesn't, that only hurts the people who have done no wrong. That only hurts the players. That only hurts the staff. That doesn't hurt you the see, owner's pockets. I, I think it was Gary, wasn't it, Neville, who said, cancel the Carabao Cup final. Um, relegate these clubs. Take titles off them. Well, that, that just stirs the mob. 
And it's nonsense. It can't happen. It won't happen. It wasn't going to no. happen. It, it's it. You 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 just have to accept that mistakes were made. Yes. And we now need to get together and find a way forward that does suit everybody. Yes. Because at the end of the day, the clubs that make the money, and it's not Brighton, that's not Burnley, that's not Sheffield United, it's not West Brom. We wouldn't be paying in this the part of the world. The league needs the big six, and of course it does. We wouldn't be paying the money we do for the rights if these guys weren't in that league. So let's be sensible. That's true. You know, the, the, the six teams they're talking about, uh, I don't think arguably, uh, are the six best supported clubs in the Premier League mm. worldwide. Yeah. I, would think, I don't think there's another yeah. club would get into it. Everton the, maybe now. The, the owners will continue to try to look to expand into China and into yeah. India and into territories where... They feel there is still a lot of money to be made and they would be right, mm -hmm. but it's a question of now doing it in a way that is certainly more popular and correct than the model that we were served last week. Shall we speak to someone else who doubtless will have something to say on this subject? Oh, well, <laughs> not again. Can we let them not just speak about it, just speak about him? Well, well it... it, it, it <laughs> last week's podcast, when Tony Poulis was with us and shared that wonderful story, yes. uh, we need to confirm, uh, was it the case that Gianfranco Zola, yes. when the manager of West Ham, yes. before a game against Stoke at Upton Park, mm -hmm. went and apologised to the manager and said, look, they, they, they brought all the hoardings in around the penalty box. To so, stop your long throw. <laughs> and Gianfranco apparently said, well, look, it wasn't me. It wasn't I'm, me. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was somebody higher up. So now is the time. Yes to immediately confirm or dispute, as we say once again, a very warm welcome to the Keys and Grave podcast, to our, to our mate, Gianfranco Zola. Gianfranco, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, Richard. Thank you very for asking me. I'm very, very good. Thank uh, you. And where are you right now? Are you in your beautiful island of Sardinia? No, no. Actually, I came. Uh, I came back to England ah. a week ago, so I'm uh, I'm uh, here at home at, in England. All right. So you'll have seen all the, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yeah, the, the immense uh, trouble your team got into. <laughs> 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 it seems to me many teams are in trouble at the moment. <laughs> what do you make of it all, Jan? Well, uh, well like uh, everyone, you know, it's uh, not very happy about the news, and uh, you know, I realize uh, a lot of a lot of clubs are in trouble, but uh, this is not a solution to find the problem because. I think uh, going into this uh, this new Super League, it was, it was really going to create a lot of problems to the other leagues. Uh, personally, I think it was going to to kill all the other leagues. And uh, you know, so uh, my reaction was uh, everyone's everyone's else. So uh, I wasn't very happy about that. Many many years ago, I remember when I was still playing, they were going around these rumors. And they did ask me if I was uh, in favour of uh, a Super League, uh, kind of. And uh, I, I always thought it was it was not going to be good. And uh, I still think the same, considering also that there are problems. These big clubs, they're in problems. But uh, again, I think uh, there is not a solution. 
No, the one thing I think, Jan, that was very clear last week, and I, I, in, in discussing this with Andy before you joined us, I, I, I said that sportsmen who understand the integrity of competition to a man were against this, weren't they? No, absolutely. It's, uh, you know, it, it, it's gonna. It, it's not good because it, it's like you know, you you taking the possibility to. Uh, one of the most important things is that when the people approach this game, they dream. They dream yes, that absolutely. they're going to be playing against against Andy Gray. They're going to be playing against Richard Keyes. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no you could have stopped <laughs> after the first name, Jan. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, on a serious note, I think that is what uh, uh, has made football so popular around the world. Uh, that anyone can, uh, with hard work, with uh, obviously combinations of luck and other things, it can become somebody. And uh, and this is what uh, I think football is. Uh, you know, is uh, is the main power of football. It is accessible to anyone. I think if you do something like that, it kind of uh, closing down football for for very few mm. people and. Uh, and uh, you lose something. And, yes. uh, I mean, uh, I see. I honestly think uh, that, uh, as far as I can think, at least, uh, you know, it's not going to do any benefit o on a long term. On a long term, I seriously think that it's going to be also penalizing these big clubs that they're going into this week. There is no doubt because it's like they're going to be in time missing missing support. Mm. Yes, yes, that's what I think. Yes. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, in my opinion, it's like professionals. Professionals in any sport are very important, okay? Because they are the elite of the elite. But without the, the amateurs, professionals wouldn't be, wouldn't be there. They wouldn't yeah. have a reason to exist. And this is what uh, many years ago they've, do, they've been doing against uh, amateur, um, amateur football. Uh, you know, by by televising every game, by televising the game at the same time as the amateurs they play, in a way, in my opinion, they penalize all all the amateur football, and he has caused some problems to, in my opinion, to the system. That's that's what uh, that's how I see it. Well, thank you. Yes, I think uh, I, I, the message loudly received, yes. uh, Jan, as it was by so many others. Listen, in all the time that we've known you and yes. enjoyed your company. One thing that actually we haven't discussed, what, what, speaking of dreaming, yes. what was it like getting your football education in and around Diego Maradona? Well, that was uh, uh, massive, uh, <laughs> absolutely massive. Uh, because obviously I, I do believe that uh, uh, as kids, as a kid, we grow up uh, looking up uh, to people, no? And yes. well, and you probably think, you in your case, Jan, all of your life, yes, I think you've, you've you always up you're people. always looking up. <laughs> yes, I can't think of too many footballers you've looked down upon. Come on, <laughs> I, I knew as early I exposed myself to, to uh, counter attack uh, as soon as I said that. <laughs> I should have used another expression, but uh, no. <laughs> No, on a serious note, yes, we 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 learn by by imitating people, okay. And, uh, and in my case, was uh, was exactly that. I mean, I, I was in a, uh, I grew up in a small town, and uh, 
you know, I, I grew up on the might of uh, big players. Uh, obviously, Maradona was uh, was the biggest of all. And uh, when I found myself playing with him, uh, you know, it was it was amazing. I, uh, every every training station for me was a discover, and uh, I was very lucky because I went to play with him that I was very young, and uh, also I went uh, to play in Napoli from a very small team. So my attitude was very good. Uh, I went there with the with the attitude to learn to you know no matter whether I was playing or not playing the important thing was to get better every day and uh, you know playing alongside that player was 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 a treasure for me. Did you inherit his jersey? Did you did you become ten? Yes. Uh, did you become what? Number ten. Yeah, yeah, uh, yes, I did. Wow, what pressure! Uh, did you ask? Actual, for, did actually, you ask for that, Jan? Did you ask for his jersey when he no, left? No, I didn't. Oh, I was going to say, no, no, I didn't. a big jersey to fill that, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> oh, it was a huge jersey. Uh, no, I didn't ask for that. Uh, to be honest, uh, of course, you, uh, I knew that when Maradona left, you know, the responsibility and also playing regularly with that responsibility, also they come also a lot of good things. And uh, and that because Maradona left the place, and so I, I was indicated as as the successor. But yeah. honestly, I was very uh, I, I wasn't happy he was leaving because I, I, my dream was to you know keep playing along with him, along with Careca, you know, to keep uh, you know having fun because every game played with those two was was such a fun, was such a an experience. So I did want him to stay and uh, did want him to carry on using his church, but it wasn't the case. And it was, he was very, very kind to us because uh, uh, he, in one game that we played against Pisa, uh, he, he turned up to the training ground, to the, to the stadium with, with us. And he said, no, today I don't want to play number 10. <laughs> I, I want to play num- number nine. <laughs> And uh, and uh, wow, I couldn't believe anybody, a- anyone couldn't believe because Maradona never did uh, something like that. And uh, so at the end of the game, I went to him and I say, uh, Diego, Diego, thank you very much indeed. I was I had also my tears uh, coming from the uh, and I said, Diego, thank you very much. That was so kind of you. I, I really appreciate you. you. Are a great person, a great player. And he, and he said to me. Uh, Hey, uh, because he used to call me midget. Uh, uh, he said, "Midget, I, I didn't do that for you. I, I did, I did that because I wanted uh, to use uh, Carecas. Uh, I wanted to use Carecas uh, shirt, not because I wanted to leave my to you. <laughs> and it just, it's it just like somebody had kicked me straight into the point, 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 point. What a great story! Yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> You came to to English football aged what twenty nine thirty almost thirty yes, was it yeah and yeah. and yet went on to yeah. to to establish yourself and I think rightly as well but but modern day supporters of Chelsea still speak about you being the greatest yes, yeah. ever so you've done that across a decade from twenty nine I mean could you have imagined the success that you would have when you joined at that age. Yeah, uh, well, no, I couldn't imagine, imagine that. Obviously, <laughs> I, I was, uh, you know, I was going through difficulties in in Italy, and uh, obviously, for me to go to Chelsea was a bless because uh, 
I found uh, the right conditions for me to, you know, carry on. Mm-hmm. And actually, I got to say, Richard, it was uh, it was an experience, and uh, you know, playing the Premier League made me better, uh, without yeah. doubt. I, I matured. I, I learned to play in another culture, another type of football, and. Uh, so that forced me to to adapt my game to the Premier League and uh, and uh, and uh, no, it was very good. Seriously, I think that uh, that experience made them uh, a much more better player than I was before. Yeah, I remember when you when you arrived, Jan. But what was it? About ninety six? Was it ninety six? Ish. Yeah, exactly. Ninety six. Yeah, ninety six. I, I can remember obviously the, the Premier League four years into its its uh, its inception, and it was regarded as a a powerful league, a strong league, a physical league where strength yeah. and fitness were were paramount to be able to have success. But he, here were you, almost 30, five foot four, um, seven stone, walking into <laughs> wet. wet, walking into this power league. Um, did it not scare you in any way? Did it not worry you in any way? Or did you just say, no, I'm good enough. I'm going to show you. Well, uh, there is a, a picture uh, on the. I don't remember what what was the newspaper, but uh, is the day after I played. Uh, I played in uh, the, my first game in Blackburn uh, for for Chelsea, yeah. um, and there is a picture where you can see I'm upside down, so my feet are <laughs> I and my my head is down is pointing down to the ground. <laughs> And he says, uh, "Welcome to to the to the Premier, <laughs> to the Premier League, League uh, <laughs> Zola." <laughs> and uh, and uh, he still he still make, makes me laugh that picture. Uh, but uh, I think Andy, yes, it's uh, it's yes. The league, the the Premier League at that time was very very physical. Yeah. Uh, the majority of the games they were playing with a lot of intensity, yeah. a lot of uh, yeah. aggressiveness. Uh, but it was the you know the league, and the challenge for me was to be successful in that type of league. So I had to think about my game. I had to uh, find the ways to use my quality. I knew my uh, I knew everything about my qualities. Yes. I knew that my qualities. If they were good in Italy, they were going to be good in England yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, I just I just needed to, needed to be flexible. I needed to play differently. Uh, but it worked uh, very well because yeah. I learned, uh, uh, you know, I learned I learned the strength of the English football, but also I learned some of the, you know, weaknesses where I, I could uh, use my strength in there. So I start I start to learn to move in between between lines in those in those days. I played not to play never on the defense line, not to play on the midfield line, but play in between, receive the ball there, and that was. Very important because it gave me an edge sometimes yeah. with the with the defenders with the and it was very important. Here's one that we have discussed, but uh, not on this platform. The goal against Norwich, the cup goal. Um, yeah. That that we probably when we think about Gianfranco Zola, that's the one that comes to mind. But you had no idea what you'd done, had you, when that goal went <laughs> no. in? How can that be? <laughs> I, I don't know, Richard. It's, uh, but uh, yeah, believe it or not, uh, I I finished the game and I didn't know how I scored until I saw it uh, in the evening at my house. Well, I had I had an idea. Obviously, uh, I knew a kind of uh, or I kind of knew what I was doing. But 
obviously I didn't realize how, how good I hit the ball and where the ball went in. Uh, but these are these are one of the, those things that I always keep saying. No, it is when uh, you know when you trust yourself and you you follow your instinct. Sometimes you have uh, you have an extra gear. Um, and I've always had it since I was a young boy. Um, sometimes also I got uh, a lot of uh, times told off my teammates because I, I was trying to do things that, that maybe yes. were better to be done easily. <laughs> But uh, there was, uh, you know, I never listened to that. Uh, there were moments in, in, in the games when I said, uh, well, I, I think it is the right thing, and I do, and I don't think about uh, about the consequences. I just do that. And uh, to be honest, eight times out of ten, you know, I, I, I've been always right when I did so. You share, in my opinion, uh, a number of qualities that I saw in Ray Wilkins, Jan. Uh -huh. yeah. uh, charming man, really good player, and by the way, still still miss Ray yeah. to, to this day, probably more now than, than ever I did. Um, But but I always said of Ray, yeah. and I think it's true of yourself, that you couldn't have been the success you were unless there was an aggressive side to you, an instinct to want to win. And occasionally in Ray, you would see that. His yeah, eyes absolutely. would change yeah, yeah, and yeah. He, he would get quite angry. In your... is, is that the same with you? Deep down? I mean, this, 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 this gloss of being the lovely guy you are, there's got to be a nasty side. Well, I mean, you that you played with me uh, golf with me for a few times. You, you should know that better than anybody. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, when you say we've played I, I golf think, with you, we've we've beaten you many times on the golf course. I think that's what you're trying to say. As I as I kick as I kicked your backside so many times, you should yeah, never yeah, realize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I mean. It, it, Having said that, uh, it, uh, when you go out there, you you got to be competitive. Yes. Uh, comp competitive. Uh, a competitor, sorry. Uh, you you got to win, want to win all the time. Um, it, 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 it's a rule. Of course, you have to be uh, honest. You, uh, you have to be, and I try to be honest, and I try to be friendly and gentle mm. to people. But when I'm out there, I'm competing. And when I'm competing, there is only one way I want to uh, get out from the pitch and I want to get out to, uh, by, by being the winner. That is not, that is not uh, uh, other way. Uh, there is absolutely a, a dark side, um, if you can call, uh, if you want to mm. call that. Yeah, well, it's but, hard to find a description, uh, Jan, but you know what I'm saying. A competitive side yes. to you. Yeah, competitive. That's that's the right way. Yeah. I mean, you can describe them anyways. Uh, let's let's use com com uh, competitor. You have to be a competitor, and yeah. uh, because you know when you are competing to the to the high levels, uh, I mean. Uh, Uh, you got skills, but uh, others they got skills. Uh, you got uh, physique, uh, and the others they got physique. Uh, so, yeah. in order to win, to prevail, you have to have more. You want to, you 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 need to want that victory more than the others. Yeah, does that uh, apply? On, you need to be. Does that apply on the yeah, golf go on. course, Jan? You know, can, well, you, can you use things like you know when <laughs> you know you test somebody's mental strength when you're playing golf? By occasionally having a chat with them 
you know. Well, I, I, I probably should add a little bit to that yeah. before Jan answers because he was very patient with us. He was very At patient. At big moments, he may have heard us talking about yes. a putt, for guess, instance, that yes. he was over. Yes. Or a drive, maybe, yes. that, that yes. we were hoping yes. would, would land somewhere other than where he wanted. Yes. And after about five or six rounds, he came out, and forgive my accent, he came out and he's on the first team. <laughs> he said, not You're talking. talking. <laughs> 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 well, that, that is that is something that is a mistake. I'm never gonna make when I play against you again against you. Uh, I'm gonna. I discovered the power of the you know those uh, things that you put in your ear and you can listen to the music and uh, you don't listen to the outside. I that did offer him. Only in fairness, in fairness, and this underlines again yes. the competitor in him. I did offer him. A halved match at yes, one point. Did. Do you remember? Well, I remember it very well. You had a 25-foot putt on the last. Yes. Jean was 10 feet away. Yes. It was his one chance of winning. Correct. He hadn't won anything in five matches against us. So we kindly said, would you like a half? Yes. You offered it up even. And Jean looked at the two putts and thought, no, I'm getting this. We're winning today. So he said, no, thank you, Richard. <laughs> No half. So you subsequently rolled your putt in from 30 feet. Jan missed his, and the game is won. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, Andy, Andy, you know that uh, there is a there is a say in England that uh, they say, he says even a blind squirrel can find an ass occasionally. <laughs> you, on St George's Day, it's lovely to hear you have adopted oh. many of our. Many of our say we haven't asked but, him. What? No, we're yeah. going to. We're going to. No, I'm leaving the last question, the big, big question ah, to last. Right. Well, now, good, Jan, good. thank you first of all for joining us yes. today. It's been That's brilliant, brilliant. but we it's can't let you go without confirming a story yes. that we heard last week when Tony Poulis was with us. He said yeah. he once took a team, Stoke, to West Ham, up to the park, Ham. when you were in charge, yeah. and somebody at the football yeah. club moved all the advertising hoardings. Pitch side, so. <laughs> so that Rory Delap couldn't use his long throw. Now, can you confirm this for us? And if you can, would you mind telling us who that was? Who made that decision? Yes, yes. <laughs> there, is, there is inside information. There, there is a leak. There is a leak. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. We couldn't lose that game. It was so important. <laughs> that, 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 that uh, yeah, we need to do something about that. And uh, and uh, and uh, I didn't say this. Uh, it's not me saying that. It's somebody. <laughs> uh, that we had, we had some, Okay, officially we said that uh, there was a request from the sponsors to be closer to, <laughs> to the ground. Okay, okay. <laughs> Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see, there's that single-mindedness you were after. Sometimes, sometimes you have to use all your tricks in your, <laughs> you got, uh, in your bag. Uh, I, hope, I, hope, I hope Tony didn't mind that. <laughs> Tony speaks very affectionately of you and yes. that particular incident. But when I, when I, when I, when I text Jan last week, Andy, and said, could you come and join us? Yeah. And, you know, we've just spoken with Tony. One of the messages I got was, tell Tony football is played with the feet, feet. not your hands. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, uh, it's been brilliant, my little Tony friend. Now, one. are you... Um, I, I, sorry, go on. <laughs> go on. 
No, I'll say Tony, honestly, it's, it's, you know, because we came across a few times and, and I always uh, went, ended up uh, drinking a glass of wine. Yeah, okay. yeah he's a And he's one of the, one of the most, uh, most, one of the nicest person I've uh, I played, uh, I, you know, yes. after the match. Eh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've had, yeah. I've had, uh, I spent time with uh, after the very, very nice, very, very he, good He person. is a good guy. Now, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, like Andy, I thought you were in Sardinia. Yeah. Plainly not then. You're back in London. But, but what are you doing with your life going forward? Sure, surely you're going to have another go at it, aren't you, management? Uh, you, you know, I did it, decided to take a little bit of space because the last two experiences, uh, you know, they were not what I was expecting for. But uh, yeah, I think they're gonna be another go. Good. I think there is uh, unfinished business, yeah, and yes. uh, but at the moment, uh, my focus is on other things very important for me and for my family as well. So I, I will spend a little bit more time in this. By the way, also, if you, now you're in London, if you need a, like a motorbike to get around in, Richard and I have got one here, yes. a, nice, a nice second-hand one we found, we found it somewhere. It's a good point. Yes. So, it's a little dusty, Jan. It's a little but, dusty. But it, it is still here. It is well, please. It's been lovely catching up. Please, yeah. please give our best wishes to the fragrant Mrs. Zola, yes. who, who on one occasion uh, it, it, it underlined how good her English was yes. when Jan was entertaining yes. his family in the desert in the de Christmas, Christmas Day. day. And he, what he hadn't bargained for was the weather. Yeah, it was the only Christmas day in a hundred years of Qatar history. It rained. And as he, as he, as he removed the last soggy sausage yes. off the barbecue, yes. Mrs. Zola looked at him, and in her finest in English, she said, "Jan, this is a fiasco." <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I'll never forget that day. <laughs> Neither will we, Jan. <laughs> oh, uh, again, Jan, thank you. Thank really you. good. Really, really good to catch up. Thank you. We'll you stay in really touch. Enjoy. See you soon. Ciao, guys. Bye bye. The motorbike story, actually, Jan, when he was with us in Qatar, would go, and I've no idea why. The roads here are. Interesting. Yes. Perhaps a test. Yes, a test is a test. I would not ride a motorbike. Nor me. In this part of the world. Nor me. I really wouldn't. But Jan did. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, occasionally would, would leave it outside of his house. Which you lived across the road from. I did. And um, I did try and encourage one or two, including yourself, to, yeah. to, to lift it and hide it <laughs> at different times. <laughs> I have to say, it was a weighty old it was thing. massive. Yes. And it had a wheel lock on it, so we couldn't push it either. It was a nightmare. Well, we did attempt to hide it on many occasions. <laughs> Which I would have loved to have done. But he's just a lovely, lovely yeah, guy, he is. isn't he? he is. And I'm pleased to say that he um, he's coming back in management in some yeah. form. Chelsea didn't work as he would have wanted. No. Uh, under Sarri, must have been a really difficult time, um, and and obviously the Birmingham experience Birmingham thing wasn't good for him. Scarred him a touch as well. Listen, nobody's had any success have, at Birmingham. Lots of coaches are entitled to you know have a couple of hard times to get things going. Yeah. Look at David Moyes. David had a couple of ones maybe in Spain, maybe at Sunderland, mm. where people go, oh, well, can he come back? Look at him now at West Ham. So thank you for listening. Um, as I always say, please tell others now that you've found us. Uh, um, there was an expression last week or a number of people saying, wow, where have you been? We haven't been anywhere. We're, we're, we're working for being sports. <laughs> where we, have you been? When we left Sky, working. did two years on the radio, at <laughs> yeah. talk, talk radio, talk sport, yeah. um, which, which was great fun. And uh, this, this podcast 
is here every week. Uh, uh, just subscribe and it will download automatically from wherever you get your pods from. And you can get in touch with us at Keys and Grey Pod. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 We've said it so well, many I times. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You just need that to that, that is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for your company. <laughs> we'll speak again next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. AdWanted UK is the provider of single-source media data for agencies, media owners, brands and academic institutions. And thanks to our rebranded news offering called The Media Leader, we can also lead the way in championing excellence and inclusion in the media industry. To find out more, simply visit the-media-leader.com to subscribe to our daily bulletins. The Media Leader from Adwanted UK.